Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very, very special episode. I almost had to cancel the show today as a few hours ago, I found out one of my favorite uncles just passed away. And I want to dedicate the show for him. Uncle Miramon, rest in peace, my brother. Grandpa, my grandpa just passed a few weeks ago. Tell him I love him. We're going to be playing cards in heaven. My grandpa will get on the top of the table. He's very competitive, like my next guest that's about to come on the show. And he'll throw his card in our face and he would yell, who is the champion? He's in a better place. And ladies and gentlemen, we reach certain levels in life. They are once unimaginable. Things that we once dreamed. And it gets to a point in life where we've done so much. And we wanted to do even bigger things. And my next guest that I have an honor to interview today on this show, they interview amazing, incredible people from startups to billionaires to inspire, to empower, to transform you, to raise to a whole nother level. People that walk the talk. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an honor to bring here on the stage, Mr. Brandon Dowson. A family man, incredible father, husband, a speaker. He was once the youngest person that rang the bell at the Wall Street Exchange. He's a student of the game. Students, they once graduate, self-educate himself. He's been on Inc. 500 and Inc. 5000 five times. He got an exit on his company of $151 million. He's the CEO and co-founder of Cardone Ventures. With no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brandon, a.k.a. Badass Dowson. What's going on, my brother? Hey, Carlos. How are you, man? It's great I'm, to be on your show. I'm doing phenomenal, my friend. As I always love to say, we, I live every single day as if we have one last and not one more. And if this happens to be my last interview in life, it was an honor to have you on the show. All the amazing things that you have achieved in life. And my grandma's biggest advice to me when I was in the hood selling bread, wanting to give up and quit was put yourself around others that want as bad as you do, son. And treat every single person like you would treat your grandma. And focus on increasing your knowledge and your wisdom every single day. And I promise you, you will achieve every single thing you want in life. So, my brother, man, we're going to start. I want us to take us back, you know, uh, Brendan. And we are featuring this live, guys. So, if you guys see any internet, any connectivity issues, it's all good. That's how we roll. We don't edit this show. We roll with the punches. You know, just like today, I couldn't prevent, you know, and that I was going to be sick, that my uncle passed away a few hours ago. But, you know, him and my and my grandpa, if they would be alive, they would tell me, you know, the drill, gladiator, you got to show up to blow up. And, you know, I mean, Brendan, I mean, you're achieving incredible things. And, I, you know, me, I was surprising you here on social media with some photos earlier because, you know, once you were a student of the game, and I can relate, man. I remember I used to have a beat-up car like that. But eventually, yeah. you know, we, we, we graduate. And I want you to take us back, you know, let's take it, go back to the beginning. Like, for the people that are getting to know you now, 
you know, at the beginning during the struggle, like who is, uh, who was Brendan Dawson at the beginning? Yeah. Great, great question. Um, you know, Carlos, it's, it's hard to see myself where I'm at today because it was a dream I had when I was a kid. And I think, I think the number one thing I would say to anybody is, is uh, for me, fortunately, when I was 18, I graduated high school. I did not want to go to college. I packed everything up and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I became an outside sales rep for a device manufacturing company. And I traveled 11 states in a company car. And, and I was thrown into so many situations. My starting base was $18,000. And I had to figure out how to figure it out. And, and, I had, and, and that caused me to grow up very quickly. And, and all of a sudden, it was in the professional space with doctors. I really had to learn how to communicate, get along with people, be responsible for filling out my own expense reports, putting gas in my car, getting my mileage right. I didn't have mommy or daddy to pay any of that for me. I had to figure it out. And I made mistakes. But the one thing is, I lost that job after two years, a year and a half of being in Atlanta. And I was, I, I sat back and I was like, okay, I lost my car. I lost my paycheck. What am I going to do? And uh, a buddy of mine said, let me show you how to shoot pool and hustle a bit. And then in the daytime, we'll go sell ad space on the back of a card. And, you know, I was making more money working and hustling pool, doing whatever I wanted to do at 20 years old. And I made the decision then that no matter what, I'd never, ever ever be a slave to somebody else telling me what to do. And you fast forward a few years later, I was running North American sales for this company. I had 25 employees. I was making 170 grand at 25, 26 years old, brand new newborn, uh, two and a half year old. And I went to my wife and said, for a variety of reasons, I'm quitting my job tomorrow, December 15th, 1995. I said, I'm selling everything we have. I see an opportunity to go build a business and work for myself. And, and she said, okay. And that was the start. But the courage came from realizing I could survive without being dependent on somebody else. And I would just recommend to everybody that's listening to this or watching this, that's in a situation where they're working somewhere, where they're not passionate about it, where they don't love it, where they're inspired to do something else, but they don't have the courage to make the move. Trust me, you make the move, do the right things, you'll figure it out and you'll you'll be so happy the rest of your life that you're not stuck. Yes, no, I love that, brother. I love that and it's uh, so true. And you went on to doing a phenomenal things, you know, Brendan, uh, with your exit. And a lot of people, they, we love talking about, you know, people out there, they see that those those minutes, right, ringing the bell, you know, the, the news about the exit, 151 million, they see the airplanes and all the fun stuff, but then they don't see the 20, 30 years of struggle, you know, um, that we go through in life to get to where we were. And I had a, a few friends of mine, also CEOs, um, that they end up losing 10 and 20, you know, million dollars. You know, I mean, I lost myself, you know, quite a few millions, you know, my lifetime, you know, when you think you were doing good, I, one time I was hacked, you know, 3.6 million and that just took everything into chaos. But you faced a big loss at the beginning as well. And I heard that you had a big loss of $20 million. And I wanna, for somebody that's listening to us now, they are going through difficult and, and going through chaos, um, how did that happen, uh, Brendan, that you went through that big loss? And how did you came back from that? Yeah, so so at the time it was 20 million. Um, 
in 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 loss, but today that twenty million equated to about two hundred and seventy million, and I'll explain. Um, so, you know, I rang that opening bell and, and I was at the peak of my career. If you would have encountered me at 29 years old, I would have thought, you know, I didn't need to listen. I had it all figured out. I, because I had gone out and told no 150 times, raised my first million, raised another 6 million, told no another hundred times, raised 18 million with the largest, most prestigious private equity group in the world. And, and I was off to zero to 70 million in 36 months. And you just couldn't. If you would have met me, then you would have just said, man, this guy's just crushing it. He's on fire. And then one day, uh, but the struggles of putting all that stuff together and hyper growth and not having technology and, and, and developing a leadership team and going from zero to 400 employees at 29 years old, where you've got to create a leadership team and not knowing how to do that. All these mistakes I made caused my largest investor to come to me one day, right when everything was just starting to like we we're going to crush it. I had a $5 million acquisition in another country. I was one week away from closing. I told them that we shouldn't do the deal because the private equity group told me they want me to sell the business. And that business sold six years later for $450. So there's a whole bunch of things I was right on uh, just getting ready to, I finally had a leadership team. I was so excited. And they called me one day and said, come to New York. This was May of 2000. Some things you never forget. I mean, I'm sorry, May of 2001. And, and I went there thinking they were going to pat me on the back. And instead, they said, we want you to sell the business. And I said, why? Everything's finally working. It's going to be a remarkable. We're going to own the world. And they said, yeah, we don't care. We're liquidating the fund you're in. We're converting your equity to cash. And we're just blowing, you know, they just blew it out. Well, my equity value at the time was $20 million. By the time they sold it, I left the company to try to buy it back. They sold it for their preference. They didn't even care about what it was worth, which means I got zero. So, but there was three businesses that I created inside that business that all went on to sell for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. That was my idea, my start. They didn't exist before. And, and even, I was so angry when I left the business to buy it back. Even though those three businesses started somewhere else, I was approached by those different teams saying, this was your idea. It's your business. How much of the business do you want? Or do you want it all? And will you hire us? And I was so caught up in that moment of being so disenfranchised and pissed and being a victim and acting like a little bitch. I just said, forget it. And those businesses collectively would have made me another $250, $60 million in the last 15 years. So when you talk about pain, uh, I, there isn't a single day where I don't make a decision and I don't reflect on my bad decisions so that I make sure I try to make the best decision today. And then I dedicated my career to helping entrepreneurs not make any of those mistakes. And that's when I launched my last business that I sold for $151 million. Wow. It just incredible. So not a $20 million loss, but $260 million. Wow. It is incredible. Like in life, you know, when we go through like our deepest and darkest moments, like whenever I'm speaking and traveling, sharing the stages around the world, I always say you survive your 100% of your worst days and God would never put you through something if you don't think he can handle, baby. You feel me? And uh, wow, my brother, wow. And um, this next question is something that I love talking about, which is, uh, in my opinion, the biggest thing that anybody can do to, to take a business to new heights is switching from a goals approach to a systems approach. 
And when it comes to system, you are a system scaling expert genius. And you have the receipts and many receipts to prove it. So in, what is your best top three advice when it comes down to scaling a business, Brendan? Let's say somebody comes to you with a business. They are struggling to break through the six or seven figure which a lot of the followers here that, that follow our show um, comes from that background, six, seven figure, they want to get to eight. What is your, would it be your top three advice for somebody right now to focus on laser focus in their business is scaling wise? Yeah, good question. So there's three, it takes three very powerful, uh, very, very powerful words uh, uh, to understand what that process is and to, to, to learn what it is. And, and, um, or, I'm sorry, three components, right? So the first component is belief. See, a lot of people think it's the idea that, that, that drives success. It's really the belief because all activity, including all stretching of ideas, follow belief. If you have low belief, you have low results. So if you're, if you're starting a business, I want to build a million dollar business or a $10 million business. That's low belief. You need to, you need to, if you want something of massive value, you need to have a higher belief because your activities follow your belief. And I've seen that I've interviewed thousands of entrepreneurs and they're like, when I first started, I just wanted to get to 10 million. Then I got to 10 million and I was so let down because I realized it didn't give to me what I wanted. So now I set new goals or I got disenfranchised because I set a goal for a hundred million and only got to 60. So, so belief is a catalyst to everything. So the higher you believe, the higher you achieve, the lower you believe, the lower you uh, have results. But behind belief, you must have operational effectiveness. It, nothing can scale and grow if you're not effective, if you're not efficient, if you're not proficient, if you don't calculate key performance indicators, if you don't understand the things that allow the business to actually work, you can't scale and grow. You will break. And then the third component is leadership. You have to have unbelievably strong leadership to have the courage to start something. But you also need the strong leadership to have the resilience to pursue your belief what's possible instead of getting dis disconnected, disjointed, frustrated, fear, anxiety, stress, resistance, friction, all the stuff that's going to happen in the growth process. Because you have to be the highest example to anybody that comes to work with you and for you. And then you need to transfer that me leadership. You need to teach others to do what you did, which is we leadership. So it's belief. The catalyst to this success is belief, operational effectiveness, me, then we leadership. And you have to get all three of those synced together because if you're out of balance with any one of those three, you're in big trouble. Wow. Incredible, incredible answer, my brother. And, you know, and it's funny you, you talk about this because sometimes, you know, we reach certain levels in life. And uh, one thing that we talk so much about, you know, all the people's, right? It's a lot of opinionated people out there, a lot of haters. You know, it doesn't matter what we are. And even I was looking at one of your quotes, you know, they don't respect you at the bottom. They ignore you in the middle. They, they dislike you on the top. You would never get everyone's approval, so it's better to focus on your own. Somebody drop an amen here below. And the other day, I was on Clubhouse, and, and somebody was, you know, disrespecting Grant. And I was talking to Grant, and you know, we were chatting. You know, I mean, it's like it's funny how all these haters they haven't achieved not even ten percent 
Well, you have achieved, brother, and they disrespect you. And I say, and I was telling, but you know how we do it, Grant. You know, I've been there, brother. I, you know, being on the speaking gig, being from Brazil, from the hood, you know, uh, and uh, uh, doing very well in this uh, influencer business. And there's always going to be hater people jealous. You know, I take my bicycle to the stage. You know, I roll up on in the Oscars on a pink bicycle with a sombrero in my head. And I was throwing bread at celebrities. You know, I do crazy stuff. But if I would listen to the internal voice, oh, don't do it. What they're going to say, you 6'5", 350 pounds rolling up on a bicycle. That actually made it a huge success that lent me hundreds of more stages to be at and speak and masterminds because I'm like, you know, I like to bring my the, the objects to the stage. You make the story more memorable because your story, your brand lives and dies by the stories that you tell. And when it comes to this uh, um, this particular topic, and uh, Jimmy, Grant and I, we are joking, like we kill them with results, <laughs> results and results, you know. But when what do you what do you do, brother, when somebody insults you, uh, Brendan? What 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 is what is your what do you when it comes down to those things? What do you, that you do, brother? Yeah. So let me just tell you, this is this is why all of us, uh, when we talk about scaling. Um, both personal, professional, financial. So those are the other three elements. You need to focus on all three because you can't scale professionally or financially if you don't change who you are at that moment. Grant talks about cycles in life, right? If you're stuck in a cycle and you want something different, that means you have to change because you're the co-creator of your reality. So with haters, see, I was, before I met Grant and and came to that first growth con in 2019, I was I had no social media. I was I was petrified of haters. I was so conservative. I didn't want employees to be upset. Um, now, I was a hard ass. I didn't become successful by being soft, but I intentionally did not put myself out there. And so after partnering with Grant, because I didn't have really haters, I had a few people that, you know, I, 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 I was big in my little universe. But until I met Grant and saw what he was doing, I realized I was so small in the universe. Well, since partnering with Grant, now I have haters. And I realized that you have to have haters because if you're promoting, correct, if you're promoting personal, professional, financial advancement, you're going to have people that either don't like your message, they, they don't want to align or be committed to the message, they don't want to push themselves, they don't want to educate themselves, they don't want to be challenged. And so the more you promote your intentions, the more you promote your agenda, the more you promote your enthusiasm, your excitement, the more you're going to attract people that oppose that because they want to oppress. I never really thought about this. I didn't understand it. But to create, look at the dynamic personalities that are out there. Donald Trump, 50% yeah. of the people love him, 50% hate him. There's nobody in the middle, Yeah. right? So, so, so when you look at people, Grant, when I partnered with Grant, when I meet people, they either love Grant or they didn't like Grant. So when they didn't like him, I'd say, what is it you don't like? Well, I don't like his YouTube, but that means they don't know him. So what I learned through this process is is be authentic, be who you are, promote all the impact you want to create, promote the fun stuff, promote the hard stuff, promote the crying, promote your intention, and allow the chips to fall where they may. But here's what I have learned. Focus on the people who want to come along on the ride. That's why I attend community, because no one's showing up there as a hater. They're showing up there with people who are inspired. They're motivated to do something bigger, better, more impactful. And that's why I was like, I have to be a part of this. And haters, you can't, you got to focus on the ones that are with you. You cannot, it's just like when I terminate an employee and people are like, oh my God, they were, they, what it, does that hurt to turn? I'm like, 
No, I'm focused on the people that are here. I once they're gone out of my out of my preview, I forget I even knew them to be honest with you because I have to move to the people that are trusting, following, and grinding with me, not the ones that decided to leave. Yes, wow, that's so incredible. And one thing that I always love to say, Brenda, is like, it's like where we're going is important, but the most important is who's going with us on a bus. You know, and uh, I saw through and then uh, it's just just incredible, brother. Incredible. And and, and tell me something, uh, Brendan, what is the most uh, extravaganza purchase uh, that you ever made? I always love to ask my wealthy friends those questions. Uh, well, um, when you use the word extravaganza, you know, like <laughs> like like elegant, remarkable. That's my old plane, by the way. My new one is, is probably the most. My new one is is the it is. It, let me just tell you. Uh, I jumped on an airplane in 2000 with a gentleman who uh, had built a business from eight cents a share and sold it to Vivendi for 8.8 billion. And he had his own plane and he used it like a shuttle. And I remember getting on his airplane thinking one day when I'm successful, I want to have my own plane. And I never lost that thought. This is the power of your mind. I never lost that thought, but I also never felt I had earned making enough money to have an airplane because I'd always ask, what's it, what costs, what it costs. This is the thing about who you surround yourself with. So you say extravagant. So I'd say the most extravagant thing is like my Rolls Royce, uh, my Ferrari, my country club memberships. Those are the most extravagant because they're not necessary. So when you say extravagant, I think not necessary. Um, but the most expensive thing, single purchase outside of a home uh, was the airplane. And I was scared shitless to do it. And I sat down with Grant. This is the power of having mentors. I sat down with Grant and I said, I've always wanted to, uh, but I've always been afraid to, and I don't know how to justify it. He sat down and laid out how many weekends I'm on the road, how many people I'm seeing, how many more uh, stops and events could I fit in? And we put a little plan together and I'm like, hell, I'm going to do it. And do you know that the moment I, I, I made that decision and I did it, um, that plane has paid every cent. I don't even pay attention to what it costs because it pays entirely for itself because I started a business that the first year did 15 million and this year is going to do 40. And, and so when you talk about startups, I went from zero to 40 million in two years because I could be in a different city in a different town, having my meetings with my teams on that airplane. So I don't consider that extravagant. I consider it a necessity for growth. But the most extravagant is probably my Rolls Royce Cullinan. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Hey, you work hard and you play hard. You know, I was uh, uh, one of your, uh, um, you know, I was looking at one of your, um, uh, oh, this one, you know, beers and video games or hard work and sacrifice. You decide. And, uh, you, and are you know, I got I got hate for that. I was just talking to my guys that posted it. And I said, guys, you 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 should do another post now with me on the airplane with my PS4 game controller saying, why can't you have it all? Because I got haters on that. See. Uh, you and your fancy plane. I'd rather be playing my video game in my house and a whole bunch of haters. And, and I normally don't get that on my Instagram. And I've been replying saying, why can't you, why, why hate one or the other have it all? Yep. So, so, so the fact is, um, you know, I told my guys, let's do a follow-up post to it where I'm on the airplane with the PS4 controller saying I'm on my way to my house in my plane with my PS4 playing my games. I sit on the board with the gentleman who 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 is the head guy for Call of Duty, 
it's a great game. I have a lot of fun. As I blow off steam, I'm not embarrassed by it. Really? But look, if I'm doing that instead of spending time with clients and building my business, then I got a problem. Yes, no, it's so true, man. And I love what you say, you know, because, you know, a lot of people, it's so easy to say something and judge somebody. But, you know, it's like, why not? You can have the cake and eat it. And, and you know, and, and speaking of mentors, you know, you mentioned Grant and you mentioned some people that you sit with. Uh, who has been like the three most influential persons in your life? Uh, and, why, and why were they so influential to you, my brother? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think you have to go because I created the, the belief operational effects leadership based on the deficiencies that cost me my first career, right? That, that, that public company. I realized I was not a good leader. I realized I was not paying attention to the details. I realized that under pressure, stress, friction, resistance, anxiety, I lowered my belief about what was possible and I was making bad decisions. This is the problem with people when they get under pressure. And so uh, as a side note, I reverse engineered over the last 12 years with three research firms, spent millions of dollars reverse engineering 3,900 businesses across 100 different sectors. And what we found is in the growth cycle, everyone encounters between 80 and 85% of the same implications. So that's the program I talk about with breakpoints in your business. Well, my mentors, I needed different mentors at different breakpoints. See, it, it, there is no one mentor. The, the catalyst that took me from being a little bitch, a little victim, after my private equity guy sold out from underneath me and changed my life forever was Hector Lamarck. He's in an organization called Primerica. And he was one of my best friends and we were playing golf and I was just, what if, if these guys hadn't for like 18 months? And he said, dude, you are the most accomplished individual I've met. You're way ahead of where anybody your age has ever done any of the things you've done. You haven't sat down and identified all the remarkable stuff that you did do. And you haven't sat down and identified all the mistakes that caused you to lose that. And instead of being a little victim and Grant would say today, being a bitch, sit down with a piece of paper and identify the strengths, identify the weaknesses, make a commitment to learn not to ever make those mistakes again. And, and here's a list of examples, leadership. If you're a crappy leader, which you said you are, go read all of John Maxwell's work. If your operations weren't good, read Michael Gerber, read Sharon Lecter, read, read uh, Jim Collins and study their work and put the body of work together based on your experiences. Because other people read those books, but they don't have your experiences. So you'll accelerate your ability to impact because you have the experience. You know what worked well. You know what didn't. That's, that's context and contrast. And now you're going to populate your weaknesses with content from people that you're specifically looking for. He goes, do you understand that that is not available to most humans. They have to read it and then go try to apply it. And he said, but first you got to change your little victim bitch mindset and you got to read Dr. Robert Anthony Beyond Positive Thinking. So what changed my life was taking what Dr. Robert Anthony and Beyond Positive Thinking, the Jim Collins series, Good to Great, Great by Choice, How the Mighty Falls, John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, 17 Laws of Teamwork, et cetera. He has 53 laws, studying them, understanding them and applying them. And, and then Sharon Lecter's work from Cashflow Quadrant, learning how to build assets while you're generating cash flow um, and, and, and three feet from gold. That programmed me to think about how I was going to build businesses different. Taking all that together, Hector was the catalyst. So here's the thing. We all need catalysts at different points in our life because you're at different cycles. So today, taking all the remarkable things I've done and 10xing it and accelerating it, the catalyst 
is my relationship and, and Natalie's relationship with Grant and Elena because they are gonna they they don't treat me like oh you're worth 150 million. He's like so what? What's next? Don't be a little bitch. Push harder. Grind it out. So we're accelerating everything we're doing today, but all those other catalysts existed in my life. And, and so consequently, through my career of learning their stuff, applying it into business, having so much success and visibility into the success. When people say, Brandon, how do we know you're not just another social media? I'm like, Google me. You can read the first article, starting your own company is the best revenge in 1998. You can see I took the company public at 29. You can see I lost my company and I was fired because it's all press releases, it was all public. You can see what I sold my business for. It was public because it was a public company that bought me. You can see that that public company went from $16.25 a share the day they announced buying me to $90 now, adding $3 billion of value. So there's no secrets with me. Okay, And that's what I love about Grant. He doesn't have all those press releases, but he has no problem not having any secrets. People either appreciate that or they don't. But the point here is when you, when you lock into a mentor, there's four things I believe you have to understand. First, why would they become, why, why are you wanting to mentor under them? What do they have that you recognize you do not have? You have to be intentional about that. Two, what have they done that you want to accomplish? Why are they an example to you? A lot of people read a lot of books, they take in knowledge, but they can't apply it because they haven't directly decided where that example fits in their life. Three, are they in a place or have they been in a place you want to go to? Because if it's not relative to what you're trying to do, it's just data and information. And then four, what can you specifically take from that exact mentor to apply into the areas of your life through your belief, through your effectiveness, operational effectiveness, and in your leadership to create a bigger impact, a higher result. And when you create the goal that you established for yourself, see, my first goal was I wanted to have a net worth of 50 million because all my mentors had 50 million. They told me you've arrived. I get to 50 million. I got to disconnect from that and go for my next level. I want to be a hundred million. I got to find people that have done that. So I always tell people, Carlos, Anytime you're going to ask somebody a question and you want advice, you want guidance, you want information from your lawyer, your accountant, friend, uh, family members, if you have an intention about what you want to accomplish and you want to filter out all the bullshit, all the dumb advice, bad advice, opinions, everything else, ask three questions. What's the most amount of money you've ever made? What's the biggest thing you've ever built and qualified with how many employees and what were the revenues? And what's the most amount of money you've ever made on an exit? If those three responses don't fit into what your future ideal scene for yourself is, ignore, disconnect, walk away. Wow. Somebody drop an amen on that. For real. Like, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, it's just phenomenal. And I, I love what you say because you and Grant literally walk the talk. And that's why I love uh, bringing, interviewing amazing people on the show, people that done it. Like you mentioned, our great friend, Sharon Lecter, had the honor to share many stages with her over the years, and we became very close friends. And uh, I know you love her. I love her. And I highly recommend, shout out to our friend, Sharon Lecter. She's the true rich mom behind Rich Dad and Poor Dad, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, checking out her book, Three Feet from Gold, legendary, ladies and gentlemen. And her new book, I'm in her new book, uh, Exit Rich, because I sold my business for one of the highest valuations ever paid for an organization, ever. 
And, and I have a licensing deal because in 2009, when I shared what I was going to build in 2021 with Sharon, she told me, you better set everything up in a IP, all your IP in a holding company. Do not have it intermixed with the company that you plan on selling. And that's what I did. She saved me millions of dollars and years of rebuilding uh, that allowed me to go from ground zero to start with Grant. Yeah, man, she's just incredible, man. Sharon, she's just a wealth of knowledge. I had the honor to have her here on the show, and uh, I'm looking forward to having her here again. She's just, you know, phenomenal. And, you know, I, I saw another post of you on social, and, uh, you know, we got to make your days count. You have 24 hours to make the best day ever. And, you know, if you ever fail, you have 24 hours to try again. I love this post. I can relate it. I was super overweight myself, you know, and I even joke, I was joking with the guest uh, the other day here on the show, and I put a photo <laughs> of me back in, the day <laughs> in Brazil, and over here to my right is Joseph McClinder, Tony Robbins' business partner, and him and Tony over here on the bottom, and me and Tony on the stage, and Joseph and I, we're great friends, and you know, I, I always joke with Joseph, we all have hope, you know, and uh, um, so tell me about something, 24 hours in a day to make it count. You know, you're an amazing father. You have two daughters, in my understanding. I have one daughter myself. Three, oh, three, three, yeah, three, three daughters know. and three grandkids. Wow, three grandkids, that's amazing. You look like so young, my brother, you know? And one of my daughters is similar age than yours. Uh, she's nine and they come to you today. And if they ask that, just in case, you know, for some reason, if you don't wake up tomorrow, what will be the best three advice that you would give them to build an empire that you are building right now, my friend. What is it? That is a must to do in business and in life, no matter what, every single day for the rest of their life to continue to build that empire and live in their legacy. What are those musts that you would tell them? Yeah. So the first thing is I've told all three of my daughters, don't give a shit about other people's opinions of you. First of all, um, you know, I have a 29 year old. I have a a 26 year old and I have a 16 year old. So uh, social media has evolved considerably. And and my 16 year old drops her own music albums and tries to write her own music. And sometimes it doesn't sound the best. I'm like, who gives a shit? The talent that you're creating of learning how to write, produce, play the instruments, record it, edit it and put it out, that that's gonna make you millions. It doesn't matter if your voice in that song isn't the best or not. Don't get stuck in perfection. Perfection's the enemy of good enough. And so I also tell my other two daughters, same thing. My oldest daughter lives on a farm with tons of animals with th my three grandkids doing exactly what she wants to do. And, and my middle daughter's doing what she wants to do. So I tell my kids, who cares what anybody thinks? If you're moral, ethical, and it's legal, and you want to pursue it, screw everybody else's opinion, do it, but be all in. Don't be half-assed, be all in. The yeah. second thing is, Learn to be self self uh, resilient. Learn learn to be able to depend on yourself and, and and on the people around you. Don't look externally for anyone to help you because they will not. In fact, they'll detract you or distract you or take from you. So that's the second thing. Like learn the resilience of being able to make it happen yourself. Whatever you choose, making it happen is. And then the third thing is. Uh, always treat people with respect. It's there's no there's doesn't cost you anything to be respectful and kind to other people, and it will help mitigate people that will intentionally try to undermine, take, or 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 reduce your impact in the world. So those would be the three things I would tell people. 
Wow, phenomenal, man. That's, that's awesome. And it's really cool. You know, and one thing that I always, uh, my little one, I just did a post of her on Instagram the other day, showing that one minute clip of her on the stage. And uh, she always yeah. tells people, you got to do it, even though you don't feel like it. You must you do it. So amazing, phenomenal, brother. As we come in towards the end of this phenomenal interview, Brendan, um, when did you know that you became Brendan Downson? I don't, I don't, I don't yet. I haven't yet. I, I love haven't. that. So, 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 so the reason I'm, I, the reason, uh, one of the things I'm very proud of, Grant told me that he's never had a partner or anybody that works as hard or as committed uh, because he is the highest example of that. Everything he and Elena do is to be on and people that aren't behind the scenes don't see that they're always moving from place to place and they're always driving activity to create impact. And, and he's like, dude, I, I don't know that I could keep up with you because I'm Natalie and I are so profoundly committed to changing people's lives and helping them understand how to execute against their dreams and goals and show them the fastest way to success. Because I embrace the number one principle I learned from John Maxwell, which is true leadership. People confuse the definition of leadership all the time. My definition is really super easy. True leadership is making other people's success easy. And I accept my responsibility to be a massively impactful leader. But if I'm not focusing on that, then I, then I have to question, am I really committed to it? And I think it's the commitment that drives me and it's changing other people's lives and helping them succeed bigger, better, faster, more impactfully through all the things I've learned so that they can do it with the quality of life that they deserve. Wow. And Brenda, before I go to the last question of the show, my friend, um, what is the best place that they can follow you? Um, that for them to keep up these amazing conversations because you are just a wealth of knowledge and somebody that walks the talk. And I highly recommend all my followers here from around the world in US, Brazil, Mexico, UK, Canada, from all around the world that follow here us on the show. What is the best place that they can follow you at uh, to, you know, just to follow your journey because it's incredible. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think the easiest thing for me because I'm on the move all the time and I've always got my phone is at Brandon M. Dawson. It's just, it's my Instagram. You can find me, you know, I, I just am so foolish until I met Grant. I never use any social media. Our businesses manage a thousand social media channels, thousands for our clients. But I always felt like I, I was the corporate guy, right? Um, what a dumb mistake. Look, if you haven't learned to use social media, if you're not connecting with people, if you're not on things like Clubhouse, if you're not on things like Instagram, Facebook, you feel goofy, whatever, man, go go to my Instagram and realize what you see today and go to my first post. It was a disaster. I didn't even know how to hold my phone. So I would cover the microphone and talk and then it, you couldn't hear anything. So look, it's all an evolution, a process based on your commitment. So I would say to people, go to at Brandon M. Dawson. That's awesome. And you guys can see that on the screen. Phenomenal. And, and Brendan, my brother, here's a question that I love to ask. It's the final question of the show. And I'll ask every single, every single guest. It's 100 years from now. You are 140. And as you're... I, 153, by the way. 53. Wow. <laughs> and they're going to be reading your eulogy, my friend. They're going to be playing ACDC. It's about to rock. We salute you. And they're going to be drinking some whiskey wine and smoking some cigars. And it's going to come a time when they're going to read that eulogy. And they're going to say, Brendan Dowson, 
was an incredible father, husband, human being. Build incredible things, billions and billions of dollars, gave back, empower and inspire tens of millions of entrepreneurs worldwide. But in Brendan Dowson's own words, Brendan Dowson was dot, dot, dot. Who was Brendan Dowson? He was committed despite, uh, he was committed despite all the influences that try to detract them from that opportunity. Because you know what I find with people is it's their lack of true commitment. They say they want things, they say they, but, but, but can I tell you something? The only way you actually measure commitment is through results. So when you said, when you said tens of millions of entrepreneurs, my, my, my objective, my mission is to impact the lives of a million entrepreneurs, knowing that I'm not going to work with small businesses. So if I can impact the lives of a million entrepreneurs and they all on average have between 50 and 100 employees, you're talking about tens of millions of people. So that fits right into what you said. And, and what I want him to say is that he was committed to that and he did it because I want it to be an example to others. Um, which is why I document my failures. Look, this isn't always just a, uh, you know, it's so simple and I got the jet and I got the fancy car. Like, like I've had everything taken away from me on three different times in my life. And I've had to bounce back from that and learn from it and not be a victim by it. So to the extent you're committed, the results will show that. And what I want people to say is he was committed because I had the results. Wow. Incredible, my friend. Such an honor. I'm so proud to have you here on the show. I'm so grateful that I went through it, even though despite of every craziness that I happened, know, dude. Crazy. this past 24 hours, it's an honor to share the stage with another apostle slash Avenger brother, gladiator, who's out there walking the talk every single day. You give it a huge hug on those three girls of yours for me, and I'm sending prayers to you and your family to continue this journey, my friend. It's stronger than ever. Uh, tell Grant I say hi and uh, just phenomenal, my friend. And for everybody here listening awesome. to us, thank you. yes, thank you. My thank friend. you for having me on your show. Yeah, thank you, my brother. It's an honor. Everybody here listening to us, ladies and gentlemen, we are here live every week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And you guys know the drill life is all about the mission, never the commission. And the days that breaks us are truly the days that makes us. God bless you all. <laughs>